Here at Doxadea Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And welcome, and it's a privilege for me to tell you, Merry Christmas. I hope that you're spending time with your family today, and if not, you can spend time with us, your church family. Now, we are already in week four of our series, Preaching Through the Carols, and the carol we'll be speaking about today on Christmas Day is this, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Now, this is a beautiful carol. This carol was actually written between the 8th and the 12th century. And it's an old carol, like really old, right? And it comes from these beautiful words, O come, O come, Emmanuel. But just even thinking of these words, it's quite controversial, isn't it? Asking Emmanuel, God with us, that's what it means, by the way. Emmanuel means God with us, saying, God with us, will you come? It should actually be, O here, O here, Emmanuel, God with us. And today we're speaking about this, what it looks like when God is with us. You see, Jesus was born into this earth so that God could come close, that God would be God Emmanuel with us. You see, a lot of times we ask this question, God, will you be with us? As we're driving on holiday and the kids are screaming in the car, you're saying to yourself, God, be with me. (laughs) Maybe you're going for shopping and you're saying, God, be with me. I really need that good parking spot. Or maybe you're going on a blind date and you're really unsure of how this guy's going to turn out. And you're saying, God, please don't let him be a psycho. (laughs) Please, God, be with me. You see, many times in our lives, we want God to be with us. But what does it mean when God is actually with us? In Matthew 1, verse 21, we hear the story of Jesus coming. And it says this, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And later on it says, all took place. This all took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. You see this announcement to the people saying that Jesus is coming to fulfill the promise that they've been waiting for for over 740 years, waiting for this promise. And this moment that this promise was revealed, it was something radical to the people around them because they knew the one The Jesus to come is the one that is going to finally release them from the sin of this world. You see, in Matthew 1, later on, it says this, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. This is an epic moment in the Bible because they're making the statement. Matthew's writing here, he's saying there will be a God, Jesus, And we will call him Emmanuel, God with us. It's a really radical statement because of this. It's because before this, the reference of God was always a far off one. We see the reference of Moses where where God's presence goes past him and he he hides his face because he's scared to to experience the full-blown presence of God. We see the same story in in, in the temple where the, the belief in that time was that God dwelt in the temple and only the high priest could go see him, you know, once a year. And they would actually tie a rope to his leg in case he dies in the presence of God that they could pull him back out. That's crazy, right? And this statement that is being made here saying that you'll be called Emmanuel, God with us, is radical. Why? Because God is no longer far off. He is now with us. I mean, what is it that made the shepherds run back into the fields rejoicing? 
What is it that caused the wise men to fall on their knees and worship this king? Well, it's this fact, and this fact alone, is that God is not a distant, far-off God, not an uninvolved God. God is someone that watches over us, that is there with us. He is God, Emmanuel, with us. You see, He's not just the creator and the sustainer of the universe, but He's also a relational God. The one who stripped Himself of His glory, came to this earth as a man and dwelt among these people on this earth. Fully man and fully God, living a sinless life for me and for you. See, John 1 explains this actually so well. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word of God became flesh. Later on in verse 14, it says this, And this flesh, this Word of God, dwelt among us. See, suddenly Matthew realizes this one thing when he says, Emmanuel, God with us. He's saying, God is with you. Second thing he's saying is God was with you. And the third thing he's saying is God will be with you. Today I want to help you discover these three things. What it means when we say God is with us. God Emmanuel. When we say God was with us. And what do we say when God will be with us in the future? I mean, this is good news, right? This is the best news ever. But the big question is this. Do you believe that God is with you? Do you believe at this moment in your life that God is with you? See, many of us don't believe this. Like, really, we don't. We truly don't believe this. Sometimes it's easier for us to run to ourselves or run to, to money or things of this world to try and give us um, an answer than we rather run to God. It's because of these things that makes it difficult for us to believe in Him. Sometimes it's difficult for us to know that God is with us. Maybe one of the things that stops you from thinking God is with me is that I don't, I don't actually feel Him right now. You know, I don't have the goosebumps I had in worship last week or I don't have this nice moment. Can I say God is bigger than the goosebump, mo goosebump moment? Knowing He's there is always enough. For some of us, we think that God is not there because, you know, we don't feel all right at the moment. We don't feel we're in a right place. We don't feel good at the moment. Can I say God is bigger than the circumstance you're living in? He's closer than that? Well, some of us might think that God is not close because of an empty chair that you might be sitting across this year. Maybe someone you lost in a, in a death, uh, maybe a divorce, or even just distance between you and family. Can I say that God is the one that heals and the one that soothes our soul? Or maybe you just feel that things between you and God aren't in a good space that you're not doing all right with God. See, you might be saying to yourself in the situation, saying, you know what? I don't see you, God. Where are you? <laughs> Where is God in my situation? How do I feel, God? How, do you, how can I see you, God? Maybe you're asking, God, what's going on? Where is God in this? To be honest, sometimes that's how we feel. But the truth is that there is a God that is close. A God that is with us. You might be asking this question, God, why would this happen to someone like me? Why would you want to be close to me? If you're saying you're close, God, why would you choose me? I'm not perfect. Why would you choose me? It's really hard to believe. 
I want to come and tell you the first thing is that Christ is with you. He is always with you. Luke 1 verse 28, the angel appears to Mary and there's this conversation that they have. And, and the angel starts off this conversation like this. Greetings, you who are highly favored. It sounds like a quite fancy angel if you think about it, you know, greetings. Um, but this angel greets her and he says this to her. The Lord is with you. See, this is a truth that Mary needed to know because she was about to go through many difficult situations, different situations that would tackle her from each side, situations where she needed to know that God, the Lord God, is with her. You see, she would actually go on to fall pregnant as a virgin and having to explain this to the people around them, having to explain this to Joseph and having to explain this to people. And, and there was acceptance and she knew this was a, a struggle, but she would say to herself, God is with me. Mary and Joseph, they leave and they get to this, this inn and they find that the inn is full, but they know God is with me. Jesus is born in a stable between a bunch of animals, livestock in a manger. And yet again, Mary knows that God is with her. Mary flees to, to kind of save the life of Jesus, to kind of keep, her away from the, keep him away from the persecution. And she goes through the struggle, but no matter what, she keeps telling herself, God is he God Emmanuel. He is with me. Mary's friend has no more wine left at a wedding and Jesus is there and she knows that Jesus is now the God among us, the Emmanuel, God with me. And Jesus does an amazing miracle to save the day and start his ministry. Mary sees Jesus nailed to a cross, ready to die, committing his life, saying, God, here I am, take my life, saying, it is done, I have paid the price. And Mary stands there saying, he is still God, Emmanuel, God with me. And on the first night, Mary waiting on Jesus, still saying, God is still with me. And the second night, Mary still going on, saying, he is still God, Emmanuel, God with me. And on the third day, when she sees the empty tomb and sees God, Jesus, standing before her, she knows that this is God Emmanuel, God with us. You see, Mary never gave up on God because she knew that God was with her in every step of her day. Friends, know this, is that God is with you. He has always been for you. He has always been in your corner fighting for you because He loves you. God will always be with you. Some of us might be hurting right now. We might be thinking, you know what, I'm going through a tough time, just as Mary did. You know what you need to know? You need to know that He is with you. He is God, Emmanuel. And if you ever doubt this, if you ever doubt that God is with you in the moment, do you know what's a good thing to do? To look back and remember of how many times He has been there. You see, He's not only God with us. He is God that was with us. The God that was with you. Sometimes God is easier to see in the rearview mirror than he is to see in the now, in the present. Remembering of what God has done allows us to grow in our faith. When we read in the Old Testament of Joseph, not the Joseph of Mary, the other Joseph, the, the one in the Old Testament, you know, the other Joseph, 
Um, but when we read his story, uh, we see that this was a young man, a little boy with big dreams. He wanted to become a leader. And you see him, you know, say to his brothers, you know, I'm going to be a leader. And his brothers are like, no, punk, you're not going to be a leader at all. And uh, they kind of beat him up and they throw him in a pit. Um, and they kind of say, well, we're going to just leave him here to die. You know, pretty intense family vibes happening. Um, but they, they leave him to die. And then one says, no, let's rather sell him as a slave. It sounds like a better deal. We can get some money out of it. And so it happens. And here Joseph goes through all of these things, you know, family leaving him one-sided, being sold in slavery. And uh, he finally gets to become a servant in Pharaoh's house and he becomes a diligent servant. He like serves with everything inside of him. He's living with integrity. And then he's falsely accused and bam, he's thrown back into prison, back into prison, back where he came from. And the story continues to where Joseph is actually given power to to rule over some of the space and actually help people with famine in the land to bring success and, and saving for the, for the area, for the Israelites as well. And we see the story. Why? It's because when you look at the story, you would ask the question, where is God? When his brother bearded him up, where is God? When he was thrown in the pit, where is God? When he's falsely accused and put in prison, where is God in the story? Where is this God, Emmanuel? So it's so easy to look at the smaller pictures. But the moment you step back and you look over the whole story, you see how Jesus, how God was a part of every single step. God was there working in the background, making sure that his plan worked out to save the people from famine in the land. You see, Joseph had to understand this one thing, is that looking back helped him see that God is with him all the way. And how do we know God was with him? It's real simple. In Genesis 39 verse 21, it tells us exactly that God was with him through everything. And it's these simple words. When God said this, the Lord was with Joseph. Every single way, every single step of the way, God was with Joseph, helping him, looking back at his story. Maybe there's some stories you need to look back at this year and saying, you know, God, I don't maybe not feel you right now, but I know that you are with me. Just a story I'd love to share with you is back in 2019, um, me and my, my dad and my brother and like our, the guys in our family, we like to do a guy's bike trip every year. And we usually call it our dad's and lad's bike trip. And on this one trip, we were driving to the west coast of South Africa. And man, we have fun. I mean, we just choose the first gravel road we can see and kind of like get lost. That's pretty much what we do. And uh, on this trip, we're driving to the west coast. It's my birthday. It's like a great day to celebrate with my, my brothers and, um, and obviously my dad. And uh, we're spending some time together and we're driving. We're about 30 kilometers away from the place we're sleeping that night. And I lose some concentration and go too fast into a corner. And I hit a cattle grid at a high speed with my motorbike. I go head over heels over the top and a motorbike's all busted up. And so is my back. <laughs> and I'm lying there thinking, I can't move. I can't get up and I try and get up and it's too sore and I can't move. And eventually, you know, as I'm lying there, a bunch of things are going through my mind. I'm thinking, God, where are you? God, why would this happen? Come on, on my birthday. I mean, come on, God, why today? And as I'm lying there, my brother and my dad come to actually help me up and they help me up. And as I'm standing, they're like, are you fine? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. And the next moment I pass out from pain. <laughs> and so I wake up on the floor a few minutes later and I'm like, 
how long was I out? Was I, did I just pass out? <laughs> and they're like, yes, this happened. And they pretty much said my bike trip's done, <laughs> obviously. But in this moment, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no people around. There's no car. We haven't seen a car for about two hours. And it's almost sunset. And I'm asking the question, you know, God, what now? What do we, what do, we do? And it's just in a moment, someone rocks up with a bucky out of nowhere. And I could get a lift to the closest town, to the place we're actually staying. And um, looking in that situation, being in that situation, I was angry. I was angry at God. I'm like, God, why would this happen? Where are you? But actually now looking back at it, I could see God's hand in every single move of that day. I could see God's hand in, in firstly, me not landing a meter further because a meter further was bobbed wire fencing and I would have gone through that and cut myself. I saw a rock about a meter to the right of me, big massive boulder. I could have landed on that and broken a bone. I see the bucky that rocks up out of nowhere that helps me to get back to a place where I can be safe again and feel better. I see God in the x-ray that is done afterwards where the doctor says no bone or anything has been broken in your spine, only muscle damage. <laughs> you see, in the moment, we sometimes miss God because we ask the question, where are you? But when we look back, we can realize that God is there and it helps us to discover that He is for us and He will always be for us. So I want to help you in the next step. If we say God is with us and God has always been there, I want to tell you this, is that God will be there in your future. God will be there. He's God Emmanuel, God of now, God of the past, but God of the future as well. No matter what you go through, God will be with you. Paul understood this when he wrote in Romans 8, when he put this down, he said, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Asking this question to the people around him, who can separate us from his love? And he goes on to put down some options. You know, he says, shall trouble separate us? No. <laughs> shall hardship? No. How about persecution? No. How about famine? Not at all. How about nakedness? No. Just, by the way, nakedness is a weird one to be in there. I don't know, like, you know, that's one of the things. Why is it in the text? Can nakedness separate us? I don't know how it works, but um, just in case you didn't know, you know, nakedness can't separate you from God, so that's good to know. And he goes on to say danger and the sword, and the answer is no. And then he writes this famous piece. Read it with me. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. For I am convinced, see that Paul is convinced here, that neither death nor life, nor angel nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any height or depth, nor any else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It is because of Christ Jesus being in him that he is now God Emmanuel, God with us. He's not far away. He's here with us. Nothing can separate us from that. Nothing in your future, nothing from your past or your present can separate you from Christ because he has paid the price to be close to you. See, nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can leave or make you forsake God because he is close. See, nothing can separate you. This is the truth. Not your fears, not your doubts, not your insecurities, not your theological questions. Not the fact that you can't explain the situation you're in, not your brokenness, not your failures, not your mistakes, not your sickness, not a divorce. 
not even the things people have done to you, or not even your broken dreams. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God because it is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of His love, He is, He was, and He will be a part of our lives forever. The big question is this, God is with us, but are you with God? Have you chosen God for yourself? You see, in this day of Christmas, we are celebrating Jesus' life being birthed today. And uh, we celebrate this day because it is a start of a new chapter in the Bible, a start of a new understanding of the Bible, because now He's no longer God away from us, but He is God close, God with us, God Emmanuel, close so that we could be close with Him. He's close. He's come close. My question to you is, are you choosing to draw close to Him? In this festive season, maybe it's a good time for you to step a bit closer to Jesus, to start a conversation that you were scared to have. Maybe to start a conversation because you've never had a conversation with Jesus. Maybe it's to have that conversation that you're really scared to have with Him because you know that there is something in you that is going to change because He loves you. You see, this is a season for you to get closer to Jesus as a family, but also as an individual to say, Jesus, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for giving us life through your story and your perfect love for us. And I choose you forever. I pray that you would understand that God is God Emmanuel, close. He's no longer far, but he is close. How close do you want to be with him is the question. How close do you want to be with God? Because he's already there waiting for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to say thank you. Thank you that you have paid the price, that you were born on this wonderful day and you lived an extravagant and beautiful life and giving it all for us so that we could now be with you close. God Emmanuel, with us. We thank you, Lord, for taking away this divide and bringing us close so we can know you and live a life filled with you. Father, we thank you. Amen. I want to encourage you, just by the way, on this Christmas day, you're probably spending it with family. And uh, I want to encourage you that you could have a conversation in your family about this. And here's the question that you guys can talk about around the dinner table. And it's this, in what ways have you experienced God being good to you in the past, with you in the past? Tell some stories around the table of how you've experienced God with you in the past so you can encourage each other with God's faithfulness in this season. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you ate way too much and I hope you enjoy your time of rest. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.